Welcome to Day 80 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. And uh, we've come into a really special place in the book of Exodus where we see the covenant that God establishes uh, with Israel as one that's based on His deep grace and love for them uh, as He calls them to be a people that are His treasured possession, but it also uh, lays on them a responsibility of reflecting His heart and character uh, to the nations around them so that they're not just simply a treasured possession, but uh, a royal and a, and a holy priesthood or representatives of their God to those around them. And we skip over a couple of more pa- uh, passages as we continue the storyline, and so we come to Exodus you know, chapter 24. Uh, before we do this, uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment into the Lord. What a treasure we have in His Word. Uh, that he has revealed his heart and character to us. And uh, we begin to observe his ways of uh, forming a people. And uh, through it, he also forms us to be his people, to be a reflection of, of who he is. Father, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you that um, you are present with us as we read your word, that it is your breath and your spirit in it. And it is your breath and your spirit in us that leads us into all truth as we read. And fathers, we read today. Uh, may, we, may we see you for who you are, look into our own hearts and see ourselves for who we are and, and, and your deep desire uh, to call us uh, to be more like your son. May you work through your word for your purposes and for your glory in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Exodus 24. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice, Everything the Lord has said we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain, set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls. The other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant, and he read it to the people. They responded, We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all of these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright and blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate, and they drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua's aid, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and her are with you, and anyone involved in the dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up into the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights. 
The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. These are the offerings you are to receive from them, gold and silver and bronze, blue, purple and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and another type of durable leather. Love that translation. A cacao wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastplate. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all of its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. So we have another wonderful um, experience in the presence of the Lord as the covenant. You know, that we just read about with the you know, Ten Commandments being kind of the centerpiece of the covenant or the preamble to the covenant. And I guess really the preamble of the covenant is, you know, God saying, remember what I did to you, how I brought you to this place to be a people for myself, my treasured possession. And, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments captures the heart of the law and everything else is, is commentary. But then he brings the elders, you know, of the people into his presence, gives them a vision of them and and sets the table for them, and they eat and drink in the presence of the Lord, which is an image, you know, that'll carry us all the way through, uh, you know, the uh, the rest of Scripture. Uh, we'll see, you know, Isaiah talk about coming to the mountain of the Lord for the choices of food and the riches of wines, and then of course we'll see Jesus using parables of the great banquet to which the people of God are invited, and not all come, but. The invitations extended to those you wouldn't expect to come into his presence. And then here in Revelation, just this nice little personal invitation. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock, and if any of you hear my voice, I'll open the door and come in and eat with you and you with me. And then we see, uh, of course, the, the, the great uh, wedding feast of the Lamb, uh, which we get to participate in. So all rich fellowship terms mm-hmm. you know, you know, that you hear in his presence. We talked about how song is important to the Lord and how he made us to respond in song. I think we see here that food is also an important aspect of walking with the Lord, that feasting in his presence is definitely a common theme we've seen. <laughs> and, and how especially, you know, barbecue is, is a part yeah. of that, mm-hmm. you know, the smoke and the aroma and yeah, uh, everything. Uh, you know that we have even the early church you know as they respond to peter's sermon about the resurrection of christ you know when it describes the early church's rhythms part of that was meeting each other's homes with glad and sincere hearts breaking bread and joined fellowship and absolutely so we see god at work among no it's even even uh, through those small things right god's invitation to us is very earthy Mm -hmm. uh you know it, it does involve singing it does involve dancing and it does involve community and it does involve living in his presence and rejoicing in his goodness and celebrating you know with the simple things you know that you know that he has you know that he has given us yeah I, I was struck just in verse, um, was it 17 and 18, that um, it was 17, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. You just got to think about like the burning bush, like that's kind of the beginning of this whole Moses and God story. And then you have Moses being on top of Mount Sinai, and it's like a consuming fire on top of this whole mountain. Um, just kind of a fun contrast. Yeah, um, and there, there's, of course, that's a, there's always a... Uh, you know, a double meaning to that image, you know, fire uh, on, the, on the one hand uh, purifies and on the other hand it judges. Mm-hmm. And so it, it burns away the dross and leads, you know, leads what is pure. So you have in that, you know, both God's purifying work, you know, in our hearts and life, but also his judgment mm-hmm. as well. 
of everything that does not honor him. You know, one of the other things we saw after the song of um, Israel's are singing the song of celebrating the salvation that they um, experienced is you also have this call for them to do everything the Lord has commanded them to do, this call to do what is right in the Lord's eyes and and to to walk in obedience. And and we've seen that, you know, really as we've been reading through Exodus, um, this call to obedience, you know, from God's people. And here again, twice, you know, it's Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, and they responded with one voice, everything the Lord has said we will do, and they do it twice, you know, we will obey. And and as we watch this play out, we're going to quickly see, you know, that they fail time and time again to do all the Lord requires them to do, and, and they fail to obey. And I, I just remember, it's so easy to, you read this account, you think, oh, Israel, you know, and it's easy to, to focus on Israel and to miss, you know, this is also us. This is a not just God's unfaithful people, Israel, but this is also uh, mirroring no, our own no. hearts. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I know I'm talking a lot, but this is the last big thing that I wanted to say is that um, the last big thing. Well, we'll see for the week or for just this podcast. Well, I mean, this be is my really last day of this episode. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in chapter 25, um, that last paragraph that you read, then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. I mean, if you're the people, Israel. I, I don't know if we've seen that kind of language of God dwelling with his people since the garden. I mean, where he is walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. And then we have him saying, I will dwell among my people. I mean, we see his presence, yes, but then there's this dwelling, this continual dwelling, that they're going to have a dwelling place for God. I mean, that has got to be so big, and it is big. And the fact that, of course, we look forward um, to to where we are now in the new covenant, that he is dwelling among us and in us with his spirit. Um, I, I think for me, I get excited about this, and then I'm like, well, why Like, why have you not gotten excited about the fact that like, he's dwelling in you? You know, that's such something I take for granted. So, I mean, this is a really big deal that God no, is a holy God. It is, and of course, you know, John makes wonderful use you know, of the whole, you know, tabernacle idea when he said, uh, you know, we beheld his glory, the glory of, you know, the, the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. And, and of course, he did it in the most personal way. Mm-hmm. So you have in the tabernacle, you have images, and we'll talk about this in the weeks to come, you have images of of imminence, God's nearness, and you also have images of transcendence, God's, you know, distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a holy people, so there are curtains separating them from easy access which they did have in the garden you know mm-hmm. easy access to god's presence uh, now because their sin is separated from god there there's kind of an uncomfortable existence so you have him among them but you also have him among them in a way that reminds them of their sinfulness right. and their need to to be pure mm-hmm. in order you know to come into his presence but what a beautiful image you know that his desire is to live among us and of course that's what paul uh, you know it's what happened on the cross the curtain is ripped so that we have easy access to god's presence and what paul meant in ephesians when he said he has uh, torn down every dividing wall mm-hmm. speaking of all the courts of the temple you know that uh, separated the people from god so it is a very powerful image and and one we should get excited about going back to the first of this week singing dancing timbrels the whole mm-hmm. thing yeah. except for you david we, we already forbid you yeah i thank you uh, for that, that. <laughs> i received that bring, word bring your timbrels uh, for, on the, for the sake of for the sake you of the entire dance, you just can't body of timbrel. christ just not publicly or with anyone <laughs> watching yeah.
And I guess, again, we see with kind of this covenant coming in into being the, the use of blood, which is going to become another, it's already been a part of it, but continue to be um, a very central piece to the people of God and they're being sprinkled with the blood for the cleansing of their sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, those words, uh, verse 8, this is the blood of the covenant. Mm. Of course, will be uh, the words that we hear from uh, the Lord in the, in the Passover that he celebrates before he goes to the cross. This is the blood of the new covenant, which mm-hmm. is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. So you have uh, you have the images of old covenant and new covenant coming together in the person of Christ. And it's a very beautiful mm-hmm. image. Mm-hmm. also find it fascinating in verse 8, then have them make a sanctuary for me, that, that God would allow you know, his people, and it's done according to the pattern that he will show them, but that God would allow a people to, to build a place in which he will dwell and you know, the sanctuary among them. It's just kind of a fascinating God. You have the psalmist will say right that he he's too big to actually dwell in the little, the little place, but that sure. he will he will in in a way you know confine himself to a localized oh, yeah. meeting place with Israel, his people, you know, and at the same time transcend that. But I mean, it's just kind of it's a fascinating thing to think about that God would, you know, this transcendent God would choose to be imminent and near. Yeah. Um, and allow his people to build the sanctuary. There's no doubt that you know this is going to be a very elaborate tent, you know, in all of its details and all of its arrangements. And, it, and of course, it is a reminder that when you come in my presence, be very careful. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come into my presence. But on the other side of it, you can say, okay, here's my tent, and there's God's tent. Mm-hmm. And 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 the way the tent was placed, that you know, the you had uh, you know the tribes of Israel on all sides. Uh, you know, facing toward you know the temple, and you had God in their midst, which is uh, you know, just a beautiful picture of that. And we even have the simple promise, you know, from Jesus, where you know two or three, two or three of you are gathered together in my name. There I am, right there in the middle of you. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, we came to uh, the end of a, uh, you know, just kind of a silent end where it kind of dropped off. We got excited there for a little while, led you to the heights, uh, and then all of a sudden we just ran out of things to say. But uh, a lot of a lot of uh, beautiful pictures that uh, mm-hmm. usher us into what God is doing in Israel and the even greater work that He is doing through Christ Jesus as He made His tent among us. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your presence with us. Thank you that. Uh, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and even the word you use is the same word used in the Greek text for tabernacle. We thank you that, as John could say later, as he writes his letters, what we have seen, what we've heard, what we have touched, what we have felt, we proclaim also to you that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for inviting us into your presence. May we, may we rejoice in it and revel in your glory. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.